Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Pastor J.D. asks a key question in this prophecy update today. Where is your devotion? If it's directed toward anything other than Christ, it's misplaced. Jesus Christ deserves, demands, and desires your whole devotion to Him. He gave His life and paid the debt you owed. Why would you want to be devoted to anything else? Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 19, 2020. As I mentioned the last couple of weeks, today I am going to address the QAnon movement, specifically as it relates to what's known as the Great Awakening. Now, please know that I'm keenly aware of the many Christians that are involved in this, followers of this, or even just get information from this. And as such, it is not my intention to pass judgment on those who do. Rather, it is my intention to explain why it is that I believe said great awakening may in fact be a great deception. For those who are unfamiliar with QAnon, it stands for Q, the letter Q, Anonymous. QAnon is purported to be a military intelligence operation that provides hints to open source information pointing anon or anonymous researchers to what are known as Q drops. Q began posting back on October 28th, 2017, and since then has garnered many followers who decipher the coded information in these Q drops. As for the Great Awakening, it's a term coined by QAnon to suggest that the general human population is waking up during this time period to the fact that the power structures have been intentionally keeping them domesticated and controlled like sheep. To those who are wondering why it is that this rises to the level of devoting an entire update to QAnon, I have three reasons. 
for doing so at this time. First, I'm doing this out of obedience to what I believe the Lord would have me to do. Second, the QAnon movement has become a source of division and confusion within the body of Christ, and sadly it's even dividing families and splitting marriages. Since I first mentioned this a couple weeks ago, I've been on the receiving end of several emails from online members who are just pleading for prayer uh, concerning their wife, their husband, their son, uh, who is all caught up in this, and it is just tearing their family apart. It is tearing their marriage apart as well. Very divisive, very divisive and confusing as well. Third, the third reason, and perhaps more importantly, I sense a conviction from the Holy Spirit concerning my integrity before the Lord, such that I can no longer avoid the proverbial elephant in the room, as it were. And by that I mean, for me to not speak up at this time would be disingenuous at best, and dishonest at worst. Furthermore, the swiftness with which everything is happening today in the world is most unforgiving of remaining silent any longer concerning the much-needed warning about what is coming. In Ezekiel 33, God commands the watchman on the wall to warn God's people of what's coming, lest he have their blood on his hands. If he warns them about what's coming and they don't take heed, then it's on them and not the watchman. (laughs) I suppose I could be rightly accused of having a sanctified selfishness in this regard. Notice I sanctified the selfishness, (laughs) knowing that I won't have anyone's blood on my hands when I give an account to God because I sounded the alarm, I blew the trumpet, and I warned God's people, now it's not on me. I I did that which God has called me and even commanded me to do, and that is to warn you concerning this. By way of a preface, I'm going to approach this the way I approach the unveiling of the long-anticipated deal of the century. And the reason is, I knew that after reading the 181-page plan, that I was going against many Christians who believed that the peace plan was good. And in so doing, I found myself in the very uncomfortable position of the student in an experiment to get him to agree that 2 plus 2 equals 5. Let me explain this one. So many, many years ago, I I heard about this experiment. They conducted experiments like this. This particular one, they had a classroom of young students, and everybody was in on the experiment except for one student. So the teacher would write on the board something like 2 plus 2 equals 5. 
And then all of the students who were in on it would raise their hand in agreement. Except for that one student who wasn't in on it, the one student which the experiment was on to see the power of peer pressure. Can you imagine? I mean, that's so cruel, first of all, but can you imagine? You're sitting there in the classroom, and the experiment is on you. The joke is on you, as they say. And, and, you, and you're, you're going, uh, two plus two doesn't equal five. And you're looking around at all your classmates, and they're all raising their hand, and then, and then they're looking at you, and you're like, I'm the only one not raising my hand? And then, sadly, (laughs) under the crushing weight of that peer pressure, the student, because he doesn't want to be the only one, and they're all looking at him like, hello, you're the only one not raising your hand. Yeah, but two plus two doesn't equal five, it equals four. And so he, I'm going to use this word for lack of a better one, he sheepishly raises his hand because the pressure was too great, because he wants to go along with the crowd, and doesn't want to be the only one to say, hey, this doesn't add up. And that's how I felt with the deal of the century. I read the entire plan. I even had some help with some of the technical stuff that was in the plan. The Lord knows my heart. I I wanted it to be good. I tried inside and out, every which way I could, to find that this plan was good. And when I got to a certain section, and I realized that it was the section on end of claims, end of conflict, which basically says both the Jews and the Palestinians have to end their claims on Jerusalem in order to end the conflict. That's a problem and it divides the land. And so instead of raising my hand, I didn't put my hand up, I put my foot down. Back on February 2nd, in that prophecy update, I stated that the deal of the century was in fact a plan to divide Jerusalem. And the problem is, of course, according to the prophecy in Zechariah 12, verses 1 through 3, anyone trying to divide Jerusalem will themselves be divided. So as a watchman on the wall, that was the warning concerning what I saw coming, which is why I sounded the alarm. Knowing that I was going to get a lot of pushback from those who did not see the plan, as dividing Jerusalem, I made the following statement. This is back on the February 12th update. I said, quote, time will tell, and if this is indeed the intent of the plan, then we will likely witness the dividing of America very soon. I mean, wow. As I had suspected, it happened, is happening, and fast, which to me is a confirmation that the plan does in fact divide the land. 
The reason I'm approaching QAnon in this way is because, once again, time will tell. If this movement is indeed good and of God, and I've got it wrong, then I will publicly humble myself and ask for forgiveness from this pulpit, as I have several times over the years. However, if I'm right, I don't need to be right. In fact, the Lord knows my heart. So often I wish I wasn't right. (laughs) I wish I was wrong. But if I'm right, then I would argue that it shouldn't be too long before the Great Awakening is seen for what it is, which in fact is, I believe, the Great Deception. Kindly allow me to address a statement I made during the July 5th update concerning QAnon being a cult. Perhaps it would be helpful to define what a cult is according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Webster defines a cult as a great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work. I mention that because it seems that not only is there a great devotion to the Q movement, there is now more recently those reciting the QAnon oath in response to part of a QAnon-related meme called Take the Oath, which went viral after Q drop number 4510 on June 24th from the official qmap.pub site, which reads, Take the Oath, Mission Forward, under the heading of Digital Soldiers, Take the Oath and Serve Your Country. Now, on the surface, this would seem to be a very good thing, right, that we as Christians should want to be a part of and support. However, when you look deeper into this, what you'll find is that it is Antichrist in the sense that it's in place of Christ. Antichrist does not just mean against Christ, it actually also means in the place of Christ. If you'll kindly hear me out, I would like to explain how I get there. What follows are what's known as Q drops from the official Q website at the aforementioned qmap.pub that to me are very telling. I want to draw your attention to the actual Q drops. Then I want to quote from scripture in relation to that specific Q-drop. I hope to demonstrate and illustrate how that these posts, very subtly, are designed to lead people away from Jesus instead of leading people to Jesus. So let's start with this first one. It's number 1797. These drops are all numbered. And it says, Sheep no more. Now, this is a very well-known one from Q, and is usually couched in terms of people being sheeple. 
However, that's what Jesus said we are. So if I'm sheep no more, does that mean that the Lord is my shepherd no more? We are likened unto sheep, and we are His sheep, and the Lord is our shepherd. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In John 10, verse 7, then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And then in that same chapter, chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, Jesus says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I laid down my life for the sheep. Well, wait a minute. I, I want to be a sheep if the Lord is my shepherd. Here's the next one, number 3014. Dark to light. Now, at first this sounds biblical and right. However, this is referring to the angel of light. It's kind of ironic that Q drop number 666 says to, quote, follow the light. Now, this begs the question of who or what is this light, Q, says to follow. The answer is in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, where the Apostle Paul says, For Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Could it be that this light is a Luciferian light, vis-a-vis being enlightened, awakened, eyes opened. Moreover, this dark to light and follow the light presupposes that we as Christians are in darkness and need to be brought to light in order to follow the light. Sadly, this is in direct contradiction to what Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, listen very carefully, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Listen, if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm not in darkness. I will never be in darkness. I'm walking in the light. The Apostle Peter, in his first epistle, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, 
who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Here's the next one. Number 3843. Trust and believe in yourself. I mean, wouldn't you agree that one would think this contradicting scripture would be a firm grasp of the obvious? I mean, scripture is replete with passage after passage about trusting in the Lord and not man, and even dying to self, not trusting in self. Another one that you'll find often is trust the plan. Trust the plan? No, I'm not. I trust no plan, I trust no man, I trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, a very well-known verse in Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 28, 26 says, and I love this about the book of Proverbs, it pulls no punches. Those who trust in themselves are fools. Calling me a fool? No, I'm not. God's word is. (laughs) You're a fool if you trust in yourself. But those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Psalm 118 verse 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Psalm 20 verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in In the name of the Lord our God, Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verses 23 through 25. Then he, speaking of Jesus, said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily, daily, (laughs) and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self, their very soul, as another translation renders it? You know what Jesus is saying here, right? When he says, pick up your cross, what he's saying is that because the cross represents death, a crucifixion, He's saying you need to pick up your cross and die to yourself every single stinking day. The problem with daily, it's just so daily. (laughs) It's not trust in self, it's die to self. Number 2442. You are the saviors of mankind. Not only is this not biblical, it's actually right out of the playbook of the new age. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. 
Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.